The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. Folks, before we air this episode of the Bear Down Report Podcast, we just want to let you know we were thrilled to have our guest, Matt Lacoste. Unfortunately, we had a few technical difficulties, and at times, you're going to hear a few glitches. We're going to air pretty much the entire interview because what Matt had to say was really interesting and really good. You're going to be able to hear what he has to say. It just is going to lag a few times. We apologize for any inconvenience. All right, folks, welcome to a special edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. We've got Jack Wright. I'm Ryan Dengel. And folks, we are thrilled to have our special guest from the New England Patriots, Matt Lacoste, tight end, also University of Illinois product. Thrilled, thrilled to have it. Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I look forward to discussing a few things with y'all. Matt, first of all, congratulations, you and your wife just had a newborn baby boy. Uh, what is something that you are not expecting at all about being a father? So, yeah, so I, pre- I like to think that I prepared myself pretty well, uh, especially with my amount of time I had off. Um, ton of YouTube videos trying to figure out what to do. Um, so not a, actually not a ton has surprised me, but the one thing that is like completely taking me back is just how fast they grow. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. I think my son weighed eight pounds, six ounces born. And he's a month and a half later, he's like 13 something. Wow. Like we're already out of newborn diapers. We're in like the three to six months, like clothes. There's this, they're like just mass gain they get. Yes. So you think they're going to stay small forever, but all of a sudden they can just do a bunch of new stuff every single week. That is really fun. It's, it's so fun to, to kind of ask, especially new parents, you know, uh, what's he doing new? So, so what exactly. is he doing new? Yeah. So he like his neck control is pretty solid. Like he'll, I'll have him on my chest in the morning. Like we'll just be hanging out and I'll just like lift up his head and just like, I don't know if he's looking at me or just looking around, but just the fact that he can just like, lift up his head and move. Like, so I'd say that's probably the newest thing he can do. Um, he's sleeping a little bit better. So that's, I'll take that. It's a, that's a new one. Um, but yeah, those are probably the two major, major new things that he's doing. So cool. Well, again, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Matt, did you grow up a Bears fan? I did. I did. I mean, grew up in, grew up in Naperville. Um, it's kind of, I guess it was kind of forced upon me. I uh, saw so Bears, Bears, Cubs, Bulls all the way. Um, I don't mind the socks, but. I prefer the Cubs. Uh, I wish I was a bigger Blackhawks fan, but I just I don't understand hockey. So I like it, but I don't really get the rules or anything. So, Matt, was there any specific Bears players that you especially liked when you were growing up a Bears fan? He, t- he didn't actually play for the team while I was growing up, but my parents were both a huge fan. So I became a huge fan. Uh, Walter Payton. Was, was a big name around my household. So any highlights or anything that I could find of him, uh, I'd watch. Um, I was also an Anthony Thomas A-train guy, um, big running back guy, obviously. Um, what was the other name? Obviously, I was a big fan of him. Um, not Erlacher, the other – Lance Briggs. Lance I, loved Briggs. Lance, I loved Lance Briggs and uh, R.W. McCorders, Devin Hester. All those guys are pretty cool. When did you know that you could play in the NFL, Matt? 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I really ever knew that I could play in the NFL until I actually started playing. Um, when I thought I would get an opportunity to play in the NFL was probably my junior year of college at Illinois. Um, scouts started coming around a little bit. Um, started talking to people here and there. So I, I had a feeling that I, I might get an opportunity to play in the NFL, but I don't know if I ever necessarily thought, yeah, I can definitely play in the NFL until I actually got there and were in practices in games and got to get live reps against actual professionals. So that's fascinating. So you didn't have a true sense as to whether or not you would have the ability, the speed, the blocking ability, the catching ability until you were actually in the situation and matching up against other NFL players. That's when you finally had a full sense of it. Yeah. So I always, I always knew I could run. Like I didn't think the speed was kind of like the least of my, least of my worries. Um, but yeah, definitely the blocking, like just the strike side. Cause I'm not, I'm naturally a thin person. Um, and for tight end, it isn't always ideal. Um, so just like, that aspect of it. And of course I'm going from playing like, obviously the big 10 is a great conference, but again, it's, it's still college. Um, it's a huge jump from college to the NFL. So you just never know. And you have those doubts and everything. And I was scouted, but I wasn't like, as we know, a top draft pick or anything along those lines. So it's just one of those things you just kind of figure out along the way. Matt, would you talk just really quickly about the transition from quarterback to tight end? Oh, it sucked. It sucked. But, yeah, it's just uh, – that was probably the longest year football-wise. Um, just going from – I got to Illinois at, like, 210 pounds, 215 pounds, and all of a sudden I had to block guys like Whitney Merciless, who was the number one – number first-round draft pick of the Houston Texans, and then Michael Buchanan, who was a sixth or seventh-round draft pick of the Patriots. I had to block those two guys every day at practice, and I've never blocked a guy in my life. So the receiving part I did okay with. I was able to play as a freshman as a, like a third down tight end, which is a new invention. Um, and then sophomore year kind of snuck in here and there, special teams, all that stuff. And then junior or senior year played a good amount. So it was an extremely tough transition just because I wasn't strong enough yet or never played it before. But I, it worked out. It was so fun to watch you during that transition and then just watch you come into your own eventually and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, make it to the NFL. And uh, it was uh, Giants, then Denver, then the Patriots, correct? Correct, correct. And I appreciate that. Would you describe the very first time stepping on the field of your first NFL game? Yeah, uh, it was freezing. Um, So for those people listening who don't actually know anything about my – my funny NFL, I was signed by the Giants at a camp. I tore my hamstring in camp, got cut. Nine weeks later, got signed back to their practice squad, which is basically like the minor leagues of football is how I like to put it. Um, and then on Christmas Day, I got called up to the active roster, which was a pretty cool Christmas present. And so my first game was in Minnesota in late December, outside at DCF Bank Stadium, night game. Um, so it was six degrees at kickoff with a negative 10 degree wind chill. And I was the only person that was actually there who was excited to play, I'm sure. 
Um, but it was super cool. Um, just see, just stepping on the field for the first time is like a ton of emotions because my parents were there and they like they got seats like right in front, and so it's just kind of like an aha moment. And like you have butterflies, yeah, it's the first game, and all of that stuff. But it was just like a holy cow, how did this happen moment? And so we ended up losing the game, um, but I was happy to be a part of it, and it was just it was just super cool for me and my family. I can't imagine being in Minnesota at that time of the year in yeah. six degree weather. Not ideal. Oh, Not so ideal. cold. So I heard uh, Bears great Tom Thayer on a radio show the other day, and he was talking a little bit about motivation for practicing and training and playing. I wonder, could you rank your motivating factors uh, for you know playing in, in the NFL? Uh, he mentioned things like fear of failure, love of the game, the paycheck. Uh, family, friends, and teammates, or or something yeah. else. Yeah, those are all those are all viable options. And I don't think there's like a set like number one is this, number two is this. I think it varies from like from day to day. Every now and then, something else helps you get through. Like without a doubt, my family since I was in a little kid or high school or whenever I had these aspirations has always been like number one motivation factor. Just because I mean, how aren't they? They me to every practice like my dad coached all my teams like in college my parents went to every single game home or away like they fly to Washington they go to Penn State like every single game in college and now that I have a wife and a son like of course my family is number one just because they're my biggest support group um honestly my probably my number if I had to like just say my average number two would have to just be yeah, it's love of the game, but it's also like it's also it's a love of the game and fear of failure mixed into one because love of the game is also mixed with like the love of your teammates and not wanting to let your teammates down. Because you build a bond with these guys, right? And you're in the locker room, you're out there every day, and it's just one of those things where you want to be at your best so the team can be at its best. And then, of course, love of the game. You want to have fun doing it too, because this is what this is what you love doing, right? So I'd say definitely um, that would probably be number two. But that's like an all-encompassing one. Uh, failure, in the, and then yeah, paycheck's not bad. That's a good bonus too. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that's that's no. I wouldn't say that's number one or two. But it it, it doesn't hurt. Um, so yeah, I'd say definitely those are those are those are good ones. That's great. It's interesting for me to hear that you still have those intangible feelings about playing football, those, that sense of, you know, being a part of something bigger than yourself that happens even with these stellar athletes and these big personalities, you still feel like those relationships that you built and have are building are one of the best things about the game for you. hundred percent. I mean, it's at times it can be more difficult in the NFL just because it's a revolving door at times um you be your buddy could get cut the next day and i've had that happen a couple of times and shit and me who's gotten cut a couple of times um so it's sometimes hard because you never know like who exactly is going to be here next year and all that stuff or even who's going to be here the next day um but it is like a lot it's the locker room's the best part of any sport that's like, talk to any person who's played in college nfl high school any form of athletics they'll tell you the number one thing it's like yeah we miss the sport and the competition and everything but the number one thing you're going to miss is the guys you play with 
in a relationship you build just because it's it's a big part of what makes the game fun. Matt, who is the fiercest player you've come across at any level? I, I saw this question you sent, and it took me a long time to figure out because I've I've had it's been a blessing to play against the players I've played against. Like just to walk on the same field as some of them is pretty it's pretty cool. Um, but probably the fierce it's it varies so much um, from a defensive side of the balls guys who I've directly gone up against, I'd have to say JJ Watt and Aaron Donald are just, they're just different humans. Um, they're, they're just bigger, stronger, and they're just built differently than everybody. Um, in the secondary, I'd have to say my own teammate, probably my own teammates, probably Devin McCourty and Stefan Gilmore. Like just watching what those guys do day in and day out is just super impressive and just it's fun to watch. Um, and then probably from a freak athlete side of things, there's two guys that come to mind: um, Odell Beckham Jr. I've never seen a guy run full speed and then just stop before, so that's super impressive. And then kind of a different one that probably not many people come to mind is Jamie Collins. He now plays with the Lions. Super freakish athlete, just unbelievable, unbelievable athlete. Um, so those two come to mind on that, that side of things. But I've had, I've had the pleasure to play with and against a lot of, a lot of special talents. Matt, was there ever a moment where you just, you're on the field and it just kind of sunk in I'm an NFL football player and I'm going against household names all across the board. Just thinking about your, your journey to where you've got. Yeah, I think, I think earlier in my career, I definitely thought that a lot like, Holy cow, I'm about to be blocking JJ Watt. I'm about to like these super Hall of Famer guys. Like, I mean, who, who doesn't think like that in some degree? Um, as I've progressed and gotten a little older and it becomes more common to block these guys and play against these guys all the time. I'd say it's, a little bit less of a wow factor, but definitely when I see, I see a special player out there, it's still like, this is, this is really, sometimes it's really cool. Sometimes it's like, oh crap. Um, but it's really cool in the sense that you get to see how you stack up against them. I'll never forget my first time. I mean, my second time playing Joey Bosa in Melvin Gordon. I played Joey Bosa in college, but that was a different Joey Bosa than he is now. And just being able to stack up against him every single play was just was just awesome. And yeah, he won some, and I won. I love to think that I won some. Um, but it's just it's cool to kind of see how you relate to these really well trained and like very special athletes. As long as we're on blocking, real quick, I, I've noticed that your blocking has improved immensely. Is that something that you've taken a lot of pride in and, and worked on over the course of your career? Yeah, it's something I've definitely taken a ton of pride in just because out of necessity. Like, it's something that you just have to do. Um, and I, I enjoy doing it. Um, I think you earn the respect of your teammates and especially the offensive line when you're able to do something like that. And I mean, I'm, not getting, I'm by far not the best athlete at type NFL. Um, so I definitely have to block a second job. Um, is being a part of the Patriots, and I think me and my coach have done a really good job working together uh, to just kind of focus on some areas to improve in the run game and pass blocking. And I think just doing it at a consistent level 
and doing it over and over again uh, has really helped me out in this league. What is one of your best memories of playing football? And this can be at any level, funny story, anecdote, something meaningful, hilarious, touching, heartbreaking. There's so, there's so many, there's a ton of just ones that just pop up in my head. Like obviously like high school, like high school, my sophomore year starting at quarterback after the great Jordan Passio, after they just won the state game, like super cool experience. I was, I was scared to death before that game and just for it to be like successful and just have the older guys just kind of rally around me. Um, and we whooped Tanequa. Uh, that was just an experience I'll never forget. Um, so that was super cool. Uh, my senior year, uh, just basketball-wise, against Bennett in the regionals, another sport moment I'll never forget, good game. Uh, college, our last, probably our last regular season game of my career, it was us against Northwestern, both five and six teams. Winner goes to a bowl game, loser goes home. We whooped them and got to go to a bowl game. So just the happiness and all, like, because I was a senior. And it, all my senior friends, like, just the happiness that we got to go somewhere and like, play one more game was was perfect. Sean Kugler was our offensive line coach in Denver. And he's just one of those guys that you just want his respect. Like, he's one of those, like, any offensive lineman, you want their respect because they're just, like, they're, like, the salt of the earth kind of guys. Like, they do a ton of ton of work and don't get the notoriety so whenever you get that respect it's it's pretty special and I scored my first touchdown against the Steelers and I was running back with ball because I kept it and he came up to me like put his arm around my shoulder and and said that couldn't have happened to a better guy and just like that moment was just like was just it was just an awesome moment and he's 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 an awesome guy Matt I know you talked about playing basketball do you miss it at all oh yeah Oh yeah. Uh, I tell my wife all the time when I retire, I'm joining men's league. I'm joining men's softball and a men's basketball league. And um, Saturdays are going to be my day. I can't wait to see you out in some beer league (laughs) in the area playing 16 inch softball. I'm just, I'm I'm trying to imagine Logan Bradley, who is the shortest of our crew, just because he's, he's, he's an athlete and he loves to play and just Picturing the two of you just faced off, you know, a a five seven gymnast versus Matt Lacoste. Ooh. Yeah, I, can't, I cannot wait to join some form of rec league when I'm done playing. It's I already got I already got my squad lined up and, and we'll be ready to go. Matt, you hear a lot about guys and what they do before games. What are your game day rituals? Yeah, so nothing crazy really. Um, I like to stay pretty level headed. Um, if I get too hyped up, that's when I start making mistakes. Uh, so I get, I get to the stadium super early. Um, I grab I grab a coffee and I sit down in the locker and I honestly, I just look through the program and then with just like music on, um, then I'll just start slowly getting myself ready. If it's going to be a hot game, I'll get an IV. I'll get in the hot tub, um, do, do some stretching, go over my, I definitely go over the game plan and our play sheet two or three times just to make sure I got everything. Um, but yeah, nothing super crazy. Like I don't, I don't do like any weird rituals. I'm just kind of cool, calm and collected until, until game time. Can you think of a teammate that had an especially 
unique ritual in the time oh, in which you played? A, I can't think of a teammate, but I just saw this on um, on TV the other night. So you know Peyton's places, um, what he does and everything. So he was talking to Marshawn Lynch, and Marshawn Lynch said before every game he took a shot to a shot and a half of Hennessy. Wow. Which is that, hilarious. That guy is a character <laughs> like oh no other. Gosh. Oh my gosh. I can't I couldn't imagine having anything to drink before I what? and then he's, he's eating Skittles during the game and after the game too. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there are definitely wow. guys who there are definitely guys who eat candy, just like people who like apparently need sugar or something. But yeah, the amount of Skittles and the amount of Hennessy is just different. That's classic. Matt, this is, you know, we don't have a, a, an idea of playing in the NFL. We only, you know, we can kind of see it, you know, from the sidelines and in our living rooms. But how was your perception of NFL life different from the reality? Yeah, I guess I kind of got to remember my perception. I think my perception, especially when I was like in high school and like junior high and younger, it was just a, it was a bunch of guys with like, out cars, like million dollar mansions, like going out every night doing like the big, the big deal and everything. But it's really not. It's, uh, there, there is like you kind of have like the one percent of the NFL, and you kind of then you have everybody else, and it's kind of nice. It's like you have a lot of humble individuals who are excited to work every day and are excited to get better. Um, so there's not as much like arrogance and cockiness as I originally thought there would be in the NFL. Now there, there is some in some areas, um, but just the amount of humble individuals and just good guys. Like I can honestly say in my six years in the NFL, I've probably had maybe one or two teammates that I didn't care for. And then out of everyone else, that's over 500, 500 teammates I've had. I've truly enjoyed and truly liked and thought we're good guys and good players. Our BDR founder, Mike Page, had a question, and we thought it was a great one. Why is it difficult for rookie tight ends to make a, a splash in the NFL? Yeah, so that's like that's the first time I've ever been asked that question. So kudos. Um, definitely kudos on that one. Um, and, yeah, I think the – Differences just because they're not like trying to brag about my own position, even though I can all day. Um, I'd say just because we're asked to do so many different things. Um, we're asked to block like a lineman, run routes like a possession receiver, uh, play special teams. We just have our hands in so many different baskets that it's sometimes hard for rookies to fully grasp. Uh, the concepts of a playbook or the concepts of just the little things that make you a functional tight end in this league. Um, Cause you have to know every single, every single route concept, every single run block, every single pass protection. Um, so we are, I like to, I like to think that tight ends know the second most on the field next to quarterbacks. So I think that's what makes it, a little bit harder for rookie tight ends and just like the pure physical because most tight ends get drafted because they have a great season catching the ball. They have like 60 some receptions, five touchdowns, crazy amount of yardage. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, go block power against J.J. Watt. Of course the kid, that's not necessarily what he was drafted for. So it takes a little bit for him to catch up 
in that sense of things. Matt, I don't know if you're able to watch a lot of NFL games right now or see what's going on, but could you maybe give us a tight end somewhere in the league that maybe is a little bit under the radar? That is, that is, you know, not that Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, not, not the top tier tight end, but somebody that you just said, man, this, this dude can really play. Yeah. So I think my, I've, I've personally a lot of favorite tight ends in the NFL. I think my like under the radar favorite, and maybe he's not that under the radar, but Johnny Smith of the Tennessee Titans, uh, number 81, I just think like as a complete tight end, like blocking and he can also catch the ball. Um, I just love his blocking fundamentals and the way he plays. I just think he's, I just think he's a really good player. And I think he could potentially have a breakout year in the future, but, but we'll see. He doesn't, he doesn't really nice job with Dennis Titans. I saw you tweeting about your Illini basketball friends the other night Uh, on a a slightly uh, related note. What games are you turning into when you have the opportunity to watch football these days? Oh, I, I try, I watch every single Patriots game, no matter what I got the, uh, I got the, whatever the direct TV Sunday NFL ticket thing is so I can watch every game. Um, but I will not miss an Illinois football or basketball game. Um, that's just, that's just standard. Um, but I will watch, I'll watch all the Patriots games when George Kittle's playing. I'll try to watch as many 49ers games as I can. Um, I really like the running back for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook. So I'll watch, I'll watch a ton of Vikings games. And then I did my best to tune into um, the Bears games um, the best I can. But sometimes I don't, uh, especially if I have a buddy. Like I watch the Buccaneers because Cam Brady plays for the Buccaneers. Or if I have a buddy playing somewhere, I'll watch their game. So, Matt, since you watch the Bears, is there any thoughts that you have on this team uh, any insight that you're willing to give us or just your two cents on the Chicago Bears, the 2020 Chicago Bears? Yeah, I think, I think defensively they're, they're pretty sound. Um, it's hard for me. It's so hard for me to give an opinion on offense because there's so many different things like people could be right or wrong. Um, it's not one guy. It's not one unit. Um, offense is just such a hard thing to judge. I think the people in this city need to be – need to – cut Mitchell Trubisky some slack. Uh, I think little, they're a little too hard on him. Uh, I mean, he's, I still think he's talented. I think he's got a long way to go, obviously, but people need, people need to chill out with him. I think just let him just chill out, let him do his thing. Uh, he's a professional. He's not trying to lose games out there. So, yeah. Matt, before Jack throws the next question, I, I think you just uh, have a lot of a uh, lot of fans over here at BDR. It's uh, we keep trying to stress that these are human beings, that they're real people. They're not just you know players on a screen. Um, and we, we've talked endlessly that he didn't choose where he was drafted, and, the, and that he's done absolutely everything right that you could ask yeah, a player exactly. to do. Exactly, like it's not his it's not his fault that the Bears drafted him in the top five. I mean, good for him. I would have, I would have taken that too. Matt, this one I added little last minute, so I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to drop one on you here. But we have this segment that we really love that we call unpopular opinions, and it, it can be about football or it can be about just about anything. Uh, you know, just as a for instance, you know, there's a ton of Johnny Depp fans out there, and I, I'm not a big Johnny Depp fan. I think he 
basically plays the same role in just about every movie, except for maybe Blow and Donnie Brasco. So, you know, it could be about cauliflower. It could be about just about anything. But do you have any, uh, you know, opinion that goes against the grain? Do you have an unpopular This is is a super tough question. Just uh, off the top of the head like this. So... So to give you to give you a second, I, I hate mashed potatoes. Uh, it's one of those things where my, my, <laughs> my dad had a rule that you finish what's ever on your plate, no matter what it is. And if you don't, the next morning you have to eat it for breakfast. And I didn't nice. like mashed potatoes, so I ate cold mashed potatoes for breakfast probably for the first like five to ten years of my life. So I, I just can't do it. So there's got to be something, any unpopular, be a movie, anything at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just have one in my head. And then I, you said mashed potatoes. And the, the first thing I said is you're ridiculous. Uh, and then I lost it. Uh, <laughs> I would agree with uh, you, Matt. I think that is, well, I understand why you maybe loathe them, Ryan. Uh, they're, they're so creamy and delicious when they're warm. It's hard to imagine. So I have a similar, similar, I, if, if I had like 30 minutes, I could figure this out and give a good one. But this is like, kind of, this is like a similar Kind of to yours, Ryan. Unpopular opinion. I think cheese is the worst tasting food. How so? Of all the foods, any type of cheese, you're no go. Any, any, I can kind of, I can do mozzarella. Like mozzarella, I can do. Like I, I can, I can kill some mozzarella sticks. You get me on like cheddar, and don't even get me started like on brie or gouda. Like I just can't, I can't do it. So that is an so, awesome unpopular wait, opinion. Wait, 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 hold on, time out. So you're a Chicagoland kid and you didn't yeah. eat pizza? Like no deep no, dish? So, so yeah, mozzarella, I'm cool with. Like pizza, like Lumel Nottis, like sign me up. Um, yeah, like, I mean, anything like cheddar or like, I will never get a cheese, I will never get a cheeseburger. Wow. We might get our first hate mail for someone that loathes cheese hey, in the that's Midwest. That's I, I think this, yeah, this is the best unpopular opinion we've ever had. So Matt Lacoste, thank you for oh, that. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. We, we really appreciate you giving your time, especially, you know, as we, we chatted about before, you know, we got on the air. I understand it's it's extraordinarily busy. You thought you were tired before you had a newborn and you thought you were busy before you had a newborn. Then you have a newborn and you're like, why did I think I was tired and busy? So we're really exactly. appreciative of you coming on. Oh, no, thank you for having me. No, it's been fun. It's been fun catching up with you guys and, and uh, to talk a little bit about sports and life. And yeah, it's been good. Right, thanks, Matt. All right, thank you guys. Have a good one. You too. Jack, that was... That was awesome. We have been so lucky to have such great guests back to back to back. Chris Emma, Garrick Jones, and now Matt Lacoste. And not one interview disappointed. That was just awesome. It has been incredibly fun. I mean, I don't think when we launched this, you know, we would have expected to be talking to the, you know, the tight end from the New England Patriots, you know. Uh, So besides just being a really high character guy uh he's just he was just fun to talk to and and to get some insight from without a doubt well the we're trying not to be big fanboys i mean but we are a fan-based uh website a fan-based podcast you know when he's talking about lining up against jj watt and aaron donald 
it, it's hard not to, but, but I also think that, that it furthers this, this conversation we've had over the last four or five weeks, which is these are human beings. And just realizing, you know, him talking about how many good guys are in the NFL, how many humble people are in the NFL, and that it's, we continually look and see the 1% of the 1%, right? The top tier guys that have crazy money. That's, that's not most people in the NFL. Jack, that was a phenomenal question. And I'm so glad you asked it. You know, the, the idea of perception versus reality, because that was really good stuff. Yeah, I thought about that as well. And, and some of it may just be, again, because he, he is such a good dude that, you know, I feel like, you know, good people kind of spread their goodness on others. But in a time that's so toxic, you know, and seemingly so negative, it was really great to hear that, you know, relationships are being built and that those are the, the most important things. You're not talking necessarily about a contract or a touchdown or, a, a you know, the score of the game. And and as somebody that has, you know, played and coached and is now talking about football, I always talked about how football was really about the intangibles, about the lessons that you learn, you know, and, and about the people that you're playing the game with. And it's really cool to hear that that's still one of the greatest features of the game coming from an NFL player. I am really hoping that Matt will accept our invitation to come back later this season when we get to the playoffs to get a chance to kind of see what it's like when those games change from regular season to playoffs, what's going through a player's head and, and really just to hear maybe some of the matchups that he's really, really looking forward to going back to our conversation with Garrick Jones, the way in which he talked about that players don't watch from a bird's eye view, as he put it, they watch from position groups. And, and that would just be really neat to pick his brain, what he's watching in the game and, and how those things progress. Absolutely. I think, you know, Matt Lacoste, BDR, NFL, NFL Insider has a good ring to it. We'll see if he'll, he'll come back on again. Maybe we can bribe him with one of the really cool mugs that we have <laughs> that hopefully someday will be available yes. to the rest of the public. Definitely not cheese. However, we could probably, we'll throw a mug in. Okay. I understand my unpopular, I understand the reaction when, when I say I don't like mashed potatoes, Yes. I, I love French fries and that's, that's going to throw people too. So you know, I guess I kind of understood his thing when he said, no, I like pizza. I just don't like any other kind of cheese, like no cheeseburger. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's hard to wrap my head around. It's a staple, right. Of American life. And in, and we know too, I think our cheese is nothing like, you know, really what cheese initially intended to be in Europe and other countries. We, you know, cheese is an orange but we love our orange cheese in America. And for him to say that, that was really interesting. Pasteurized processed cheese food. Folks, <laughs> we are uh, excited to have back Brian Heifel and Kevin Alefsky. We're gonna be interviewing them much later this week in preparation for the Bears versus the Vikings. Jack, this game actually could mean something in the playoff standings, which is almost hard to fathom considering after watching back-to-back -back losses green bay and detroit we kind of thought it was over uh anything you want to throw at uh, our listeners about the vikings game that you're looking forward to i'm looking forward to the fact that the game means something i mean i think that turned on a dime so fast because of sunday's game i don't think we would have expected that going into the game on sunday that there would have been something on the line and anytime there's something on the line, 
That makes the game that much more fun. Plus, if we get to talk a little trash to Kevin Nolesky when it's over, that would be a cherry on top. I, his his uh, fantastic voice that we're going to hear uh, over our next podcast. I mean, he really, his, his voice is just mesmerizing. I just don't could. So, uh, folks, thank you for, for listening to this special edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. While we didn't talk exclusively bears, we're hoping that you're going to enjoy this content. We're coming down towards the end of the regular season. And as always, folks, thank you for sharing any of our content. Please feel free to follow Jack at J Wright BDR and follow me at BDR Dengel, D E N G E L, on Twitter. Uh, folks, it's still pretty bleak out there. So any follows would be greatly appreciated. As always, our friends, bear down. report.